Welcome to OK Girl, Let's Talk, a podcast to share our real opinions and chat about dating, our faith, pop culture, and more. So grab a glass of wine or a cup to spill the tea as we laugh through a real conversation on living our best Black women lives. OK, girl, let's talk. All right, girls. So today we're talking all things career. The three of us have new jobs slash new positions. And so we thought this would be a perfect time to talk about careers and workplace and all things making money. We are so excited to incorporate Tisha's research paper. If you remember, maybe about a month ago, she talked about writing a senior thesis about being a Black woman in the workplace. So we're incorporating some of her research and we'll be talking about some of the challenges Black women face in the workplace. So let's talk. All right, girls. So the reason why I chose my research um, paper, well, I had a fight with my professor about my topics, but when I, he had me delve deeper into like, really, he's like, so what kind of career path do you want? And I was like, I want to be a director of human resources. He was like, okay, so, you know, start researching about that. And I was like, okay. And then I started thinking about a black woman in corporate America and what black women face in corporate America with, you know, racial microaggression, um, you know, the glass ceiling and, you know, a lot of the, uh, the pay that we, um, differentiate between men and women. So that's why I wanted to delve deeper and try to help black women thrive instead of just surviving in corporate America or in the workplace. So that's why I decided to do this research paper. Period. All right. So the first finding of my research paper that I wanted to bring um, to the podcast is how Black women uh, make up 7.4% of the U.S. population, but only make up 1.4% of executive positions compared to 68% of white men. I have a story, but it's not with the white men. It's more so... I was working at this um, office. Um, I was a medical assistant. And at, at this particular time, I was the only Black woman in this job. And I just remember walking, I mean, just coming into work every day and just to feel out of place. Yeah. Um, for one, and, you know, I, I have a bubbly, energetic personality. And so a lot of times these people at the job was trying to dim my light, trying to make me, oh, teacher, you're too loud. Or, oh, you know, like if I get, you know, a little, not, I want to say angry or a little uh, passionate about a topic and say I'm angry. And now I have the stereotype of being the angry black woman because I'm mm-hmm. the only black woman. Yeah. And so it, I really felt out of place at that job. And so, you know, um, I actually talked to my manager about, you know, hiring somebody of color because I wanted to feel, you know, welcome in this position. I liked the position I was in, but to be the only one coming in every day was not ideal for me. Yeah. Wow. What did your manager say when you mentioned hiring? Well, when I went to her and she looked at me and she was like, you know, she was very understanding. Um, um, the other coworkers, I guess she told them, they was like, what, you don't like us? I'm like, first of all, I didn't, I didn't tell you this. This was out of, you know, I was being, you know, it was a confidential moment. I don't know why yeah. you stepped out and decided to tell another coworker, yeah. but she did listen. And, um, she started, you know, having me in the peer interviews um, okay. people of color. So I was like, okay, you did listen, but I don't know why you had to tell, you know, so-and-so <laughs> over there, Mary and Karen. Yeah. 
Um, Not Karen. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it was actually good to actually, you know, interview people. And I actually, like, helped this one girl get hired. And then it, it felt good, you know, me and yeah. her. It, and it made me, it made me, like, want to stay more. Um, yeah. I, I was really satisfied, you know, having a person of color at the job. Yeah. I feel like we underestimate how important, I mean, you know, representation has been a buzzword, hot topic for a minute, but I feel like we, when you go into your daily workplace and there's nobody there that like gets you or understands you, it kind of makes the job like less enjoyable. Like, and not saying that you can't get along with people that don't look like you, but it just helps to have somebody that kind of has the same understanding yeah of certain things and that's all i wanted <laughs> somebody that gets me <laughs> a lot of times i was just going in the patient's room and staying with them because i'm like you know they they get me we yeah you yeah. don't want to say <laughs> so yeah so i'm curious was your office so like the people that worked in your office probably mostly white but were your pa- patients mostly white or were they patient mostly white? uh it was a 50 50 okay yeah it was a 50 50 um, yeah, because even um, the doctors, all the doctors were of a white race as well. Um, so, you know, I didn't have a doctor or I didn't have any, you know, other nurses or anything like that. So even the people up front. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, all around, I just I, I had nobody. And I feel like seeing and I think we'll kind of touch on this later, but seeing people of color in higher positions makes you feel like you can do that in the same company. And it kind of gives you that extra little boost to actually do your job well, well, so that you can also be, you know, promoted and move up as opposed to having to be that person to like open the door for everybody. Cause that can get. Right. Also known as tokenism. Yeah. Like the token black child Mm -hmm. at the office. Um, Yeah. And I, I can say that moving to Atlanta has really opened my eyes to seeing Black people in higher and executive positions because back home, you've rarely seen that, especially with the hospital system that I worked with back home. I didn't mm-hmm. see a lot of Black managers, a lot of Black director of operations and stuff like that. But when I came here and seeing that, I was like, wow, this is amazing. Like, yeah. You know what? I can be a director of human resources, you know, here yeah. and I can thrive and I can be, you know, I don't have to change who I am or change my personality. If I want to come in bubbly or be a little loud, not ghetto, but be a little loud, then yeah. I can do that. And, you know, and people welcome me. And so. Yeah. What did T.I. call Anna Wakanda the other <laughs> the last year? Oh, my gosh. The no, timing I- was terrible, but he was spot on. <laughs> So the next topic we want to talk about is that the Census Bureau notes wage differences um, between Black women and their counterparts, their white counterparts. So this topic leads me into a very, um, something that I mentioned to Tisha and Morgan yesterday that I have started jobs before and regretted not uh, negotiating my salary off rip um, because we don't know what other people make, but 
at the end of the day, we know that there are disparities between what we make and what our counterparts make. And so I feel like sometimes we have to go in and fight for what we feel like we deserve for our experience, our degrees, all of that jazz. So I come bearing tips for, well, I'm talking to myself too, but all the <laughs> listeners, because I need Me this. Too. Yeah. Can you nego- I do have a question. Can okay. you negotiate renegotiate your salary after you already started? Oh my god. That'd be a good question. I don't know. I mean, you probably just have to ask your supervisor, but I don't know. I after after that, 90 like, days, maybe after 90 days evaluation maybe. Or like I've had jobs where like when you initially say like, "Oh, this is my range," and then mm-hmm. at the end of the interview process, it changes so I'll say something like now that I know more about the job I feel like xyz mm-hmm. is more appropriate but I don't know how I would just ask I mean they're just gonna say no or yes or fire you they're not gonna fire oh, you no we're not that's, gonna <laughs> that's where my my mind goes uh, no we're not taking like that so i have five very quick tips but they're all very good tips so pull out a notepad y'all ready yes ma'am so tip number one is to make sure you do your research you should at least know the scale or the range of what somebody in your position is making in your area of the country so there are a couple of sites Um, So Glassdoor has it. Indeed usually has some type of information on there. Um, Salary.com or payscale.com. And then also there may be some that are specific to your specific industry that may have a bit more in-depth detail on what you should anticipate getting paid for your role based off of, you know, all of your, all of your value that you bring with you to your job. Um, And so that leads me to tip number two. When you do go in to negotiate your salary, set an ideal pay rate of what you want to make. So I want to make $150,000 a year. Okay. Because that is what, you know, I deserve. And so when I go in to talk to my employer, I'm going to present them with a range. That's the next tip. Present a range, not just a number. Because I, I don't know. Does this happen to you guys? I don't know if like when you fill out applications and they ask for your preferred. Preferred. Yeah, what is it? Range, yeah. Yeah. Your preferred salary. Does that ever like it literally that stresses me out because I feel like if you're too high, they're not even going to they're going to be like, OK, not it. Right. If, if you're too low, they're going to be like, oh, yeah, we can run <laughs> this girl for everything she got. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like it's easier, at least once you get the job and you're in there, and you're actually talking pay rates to give them a range. And if you can, if it's still realistic, I say set the, re- the range above your ideal pay rate. So I want to get paid $150,000 a year. I'm going to tell them I want between one, 
156 and 151. That way, if they say no, I say, okay, I'll take 150. Yeah. You know? No, she ain't right there. Mm-hmm. I, I learned all of this during my research, and I wish I would have <laughs> done it a couple weeks ago. But it's cool. I know it now. Yeah. So tip three is to remember that it is a conversation. And yes, you are talking about money. But go in with a little, be a little personable. Like you don't want to rub people the wrong way. Yes, be confident, but don't go in too arrogant because then they're going to be like, excuse you. No. Go ahead. Um, I think sometimes it's better to call like the HR person that you need to speak to rather than doing this via email. So I know sometimes Mm -hmm. like job offers are emailed to you. Yeah. Um, but if they post their phone number in their mm-hmm. bio or their signature, whatever it's called, I think it's better to call them to do this conversation rather than to email them. Ooh. So if you can get them on the phone, butter them up a little bit, get to know them, be personable. You know, if anything, they'll like you more. Yeah. Then they said, oh, yeah, we'll slide her a little five grand a year. And a sign on bonus. <laughs> Um, and then last, the last tip I have, I have is to just remind yourself because I know for me going in any money talk makes me so uncomfortable, but if you go into the meeting, knowing what you bring to the table and being confident in that and knowing that this is what they need because they asked you to take this job. Okay. They did. So Going in knowing that you bring this value to the table and you're confident in that, stand stand firm in that and ask for what you want because you deserve this. All the coins. Love it. Those are my <laughs> tips. And I hope all of you get 150 grand at your next job interview. Speak it. Including me. Speak <laughs> it. Thank you for that blessing, Leah. You're welcome. You're welcome. Good luck. Let us know. Let us know if you are, you know, about to do a job interview or just got a job and you have to do it and you use these tips. We want to hear it. We want to hear it because we want to take commission. Just just kidding. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) How much percent you want, y'all? I want 10 off rip. I was going to say like 2%. Right. I wasn't going to aim that high, Leo. This ain't tied to the drop. Oh, dang. We done told them to get more money and they're going to take 10%. <laughs> we're going to take like tithing. We'll take three. One, one percent for each of us. Okay. okay that that sounds better. better. <laughs> like 1500 for each of us. So <laughs> I'm okay with that. Thank you. <laughs> Okay, so the third finding from Tisha's research paper was about mentoring, and it stated that mentoring at the workplace would help women thrive and succeed because they will have a person grooming, helping them, and making sure they reach their maximum potential, and I was really excited to see this in the paper because I feel like mentoring really has helped me in the workplace, starting when I was in graduate school at the research center that I did my research at. Um, I had a member of like the board of the research center really kind of take me under her wing. She was an older black female who just really was really kind to me. I was a graduate student. I didn't really know 
what I wanted to do, but we would meet each week to kind of talk about career goals and what I was working on and different things like that. And to have someone um, at a high position just to really chat with me about what was going on in my personal life and career-wise really meant a lot. Um, We also talked about natural hair, which was really exciting. I had her go to a natural hair salon. I love that. (laughs) And so to this day, we're both not at that research center anymore, but we definitely still keep in touch. Um, But ever since then, like I've been trying to find positions that have mentoring opportunities I work in public health, and so it's a very female-dominated industry. Um, most of my, you know, coworkers and supervisors have always been female, and so even like working in a space like that, like it's really shown me how to be like a working mom and be a vice president of a department. You know what I mean? And so this statement just made me so happy because it's true. It's so so true. Oh, awesome. I'm glad you can relate to it. I love that y'all talked about um, natural hair because I feel like me starting this new role is my first job with my natural hair because I cut my hair during COVID. And so I was very nervous. I mean, I went in my first day with my my fro and I was like, y'all gonna see it now. So if you got a problem with it, like this is the time to tell me. But I also did my interview with my director with my natural hair. So, and they're pretty, I mean, nobody has said anything. I've gotten comments from the other Black women in the office, but nobody has said anything like crazy. So I don't think I should have any issues. But I know in other like more corporate settings that that can be a like a point of anxiety that like, what are they going to say about my hair? Is it going to be like a topic of discussion? Like, yeah. I mean, I think the conversations that I had and like almost the validation that I got for starting, because I started wearing my natural hair in grad school. Mm-hmm. And so like the, just like the kind words that I received from everyone that I worked with at the research center really like gave me the confidence to continue to wear my natural hair. Ironically, like when I did my first interview for my first job, mm-hmm. I had my hair straight because it was like right after graduation and like my hair was straight for graduation. Yeah. But I rolled up to the first day with my hair natural and they were like, in, in the kindest way, they're like, yeah. oh, like, did a double check. Like, this isn't who is that you? But like, I mean, I, I haven't straightened my hair since graduation. So there's not to, you know, this is what I look like. Yeah. Uh, and even like in my like profile picture for like outlook, my hair straight because I took it in college. Um, but then, you know, I show up to meetings with my girls and mm-hmm. that's me so i can do both. leave it i love it though because i remember um it was a job i had probably like i was like 20 and at that time i was i was going natural you know the trans transition period mm-hmm. and so my hair was actually i only had like a little bit of um relaxer in it and i remember it got wet I used to get it um, pressed a lot and it got wet. So I just went to work and I put a hat on and I had my Afro and I remember the manager, she was black and she told me, and my mom had came to the job and she was like, Ooh, Tisha Harris. So untamed. Ooh, she needs to get straightened. Yeah. She's like, Ooh, she need to get that straightened. And I'm like, 
you know, it, it made me feel some type of way. And, you know, after that, I just started, you know, getting my hair pressed, you know, more often. And then, you know, it didn't do nothing but take my hair out, all that heat. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I wish, you know, I had, you know, somebody like, you know, oh, embrace that natural hair. You know, yeah. so like, oh, tame it, tame it. Yeah. I love that you had somebody that, you know, yeah. welcomed your natural hair. So that was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. She's great. Even, oh, I do have a question with y'all since we on the, for y'all, since we on the topic of natural hair. So I want to get like jumbo box braids with beads. But I'm scared that I'm going to walk in and they're going to be like, yeah. You're going to have to go home, sis. We can't. It's sad that black people have to be scared about getting hair. And I saw this post on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. And it had like six different black hairstyles. And Mm -hmm. it was like professional, very professional. It was like every hairstyle, they said professional. like, And I love it because I'm like, yeah, like what makes our hair not professional? Yeah, it just don't look like yours. Yeah, Yeah. like, you know, we so conform to the Eurocentric hair and straight hair back and a ponytail like that's that's not our that's not our natural hair i mean that's not quote-unquote our professional hair you know so yeah whatever makes you feel good and you feel like that's your professional hair wear it leah if that's braids with bees do it yeah i'm gonna see i'm i probably still i don't know i have to pray on it pray on it let the lord use you Cause I do, I really do. I've been wanting that hairstyle for like the past year, but I never did it. And now that I have a job, I'm like, and it's summertime and I got to deal with this. I'm like, no, I need braids and I want some beads, but I don't want to be like, anyways, we'll see. I'll let you, I'll keep y'all posted. Let us know. Okay. <laughs> okay. So the next, um, point that Tisha touched on was that over one in four Black women have received feedback from their peers commenting on their shock that their Black peers are well-versed, how they speak, and or other abilities compared to only one out of 10 white women. So I don't know if this is necessarily an external thing for me or if I'm just more conscious of the fact that I have to prove myself because I'm probably being looked at like this, like they're, they're going to be surprised that I actually can do my job. Um, but this week at my new job, I feel like I kind of reached that point where they were like, okay, like you're capable, which I feel like was just because I've been there, you know, three weeks at this point, but it was an extra, like, like, okay, I see what I can do now. And I'm black. I'm that girl. The black (laughs) one that can do all things. Like, hello. Black girl magic. Like, don't be confused. (laughs) But um, I do feel like there's additional pressure. I don't know if y'all feel this way, but I'll get y'all take on it. But anytime I start anything new or go to any type of new, like, career or whatever, I always feel like I have to prove myself because of how they may perceive me or think that I'm going to act or sound or behave or whatever. And so once I do like, you know, you break through that point where like people are like, okay, I see what she's about. It always feels so like you feel like a weight lifted 
Yeah. Because it's like, okay, now you get like what I can bring to the table and we can just, you know, kind of vibe from here on out. But I no longer have to like prove myself that I'm, I don't know what you thought I was going to be or whatever. Yeah. I feel that way because I mean, hey, my name is Latisha. So right off the bat, people are already assuming, hey, this is, you know, they already know that I'm black for one. And they probably think I'm teacher from the hood. I don't know. <laughs> so a lot of times I go to the job, you know, and they be like, even my, my old manager, she was like, you know, in the interview, you know, I got your resume before I seen you. And um, she was like, you were so prim and proper and you was so well-dressed. And she was like, you made eye contact with everybody. And, you know, you just, you knew what to say. And I was like, in my, you know, she told me this, you know, after, you know, I got hired with her, but I'm like, what did she expect out of me? You know, I'm like, what did you think I was going to come in there looking like for one? What, I mean, how did you think I was going to present myself in the interview? You know? And so yeah. it's crazy that she said I was all prim and proper and I talked well and I made eye contact and I looked very nice dressed. Like, excuse me, um, Karen. Uh, <laughs> Karen again. Karen again. Like, Come on, Karen. Like, how do you think, you know, you don't think black people know how to dress? <laughs> and we don't know how to talk? So, yeah. I'll tell you. I also sometimes I feel like, I guess this is a different issue, but I feel like the same way or the same prejudices come for being a young person in the workplace, too. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah, that too. Because oftentimes I am one of the younger people in the workplace, and it's like, First of all, I'm already intimidated. To be honest, I get like really bad imposter syndrome when I start a new job. And so I already feel like I'm a kid who like is going to cry after work because I don't mm-hmm. have any friends. And then to like, I, I don't know. I just feel like age is like all, being a young black woman in the workplace is also really, really hard. Yeah. Because yeah. you got a double whammy to prove like, yeah, yeah, I'm young, but I, I know what I'm talking about. Like I'm knowledgeable and you're not going to look girl me in here. Okay. We counterparts. I may be 20 years your junior, but we're counterparts up in here. Exactly. So we do get that a lot, you know. I've I've <laughs> oh, you know, you you know, I've been doing this job for 25 years. Okay, but we're still at the same level, boo-boo. Okay. <laughs> All mm. right. I'm old enough to be your mom. Okay. But and yet here we level. are. And here we are <laughs> in the same position, in the same position. So, yeah. But yeah, <laughs> I always enjoy the feeling, though, when they when they realize, like, OK, so you are that educated black woman. Hey, like, OK, so the last finding that I'm going to discuss with you all is um, how black women noted how they sense invisibility and observing others' body language. Um, and one of the participants even noted a time that she was talking in a meeting and did not receive eye contact and her co- colleagues' head were down. And in contrast, in the same meeting, the, when the white man spoke, the same colleagues faced the male speaker. Um, and I remember, well, it was a couple months ago, I had an interview Um and I had a panel interview and all the people on the panel were of the white race. Um, 
and it was two male and two females. Um, the the director, manager, or whatever, he decided that he had a quote-unquote meeting. So he, when he saw me, he all of a sudden just became busy. Um, odd, but anyways. Um, and Rude. then as I started, you know, as they started asking me interview questions, you know, I'm making eye contact. One guy didn't look at me at all. He had his head face down. I had to do a 20-minute presentation. He had, like, he was so bored, yawning, head back, and the other guy just nodding, then looking off like, oh, okay, she don't know what she's talking about. And so I can, I, I understand the body language. I read their body language like it was nothing. I was like, okay, so I know that I probably wouldn't get the job here, even though I felt good with the women. Yeah. Um, they really liked me. They, but the men there, they just didn't pay me any mind. And it was, it was a lot of disrespect in my part, like, you know, having an interview and me taking time on my day, you know, cause yeah. I, I had a full-time job, so I'm taking off to interview. You know, I took time to make this 20-minute presentation and for you to have your head down acting like you're so bored and the other guy act like he had a, a important meeting all of a sudden, you know, it's like, okay. So, you know, when I didn't get a job, you know, I was a little hurt, but at the same time, I knew that God was like, this ain't the place for you and this ain't the place I need you to grow at. So, yeah. And if that's how your experience during the interview, imagine what you would have dealt with in the workplace. Like yeah. if that's accepted in an interview, imagine what the culture is there. Like <laughs> dodge the bullet with that one, sis. Okay, sure. thank you, God. <laughs> um, especially and especially if you're the type of person that can read a room and can feel like that type of I'm sure that was like awful, especially you trying to present. Yeah. Like, and you're like, dang, y'all not even paying attention. I don't like. So rude. I don't like the teacher. Like I'll wait. <laughs> I was like one, and I kept and I kept on purposely every time I talked to look at him, mm-hmm. like looking at him because like I see you not paying attention to me. Yeah. And for one, I think they felt some type of way because I had a mask on the entire interview. Oh yeah, I remember. Oh, they didn't wear masks. It was like you know the first thing they said. Well, we're all vaccinated. I was like, yeah, I'm vaccinated as well, but doesn't mean that I'm. I don't know what you did this weekend. Yeah. yeah. So no, I'm not taking my mask off. I don't know y'all like that. Yeah. <laughs> and so I kept my mask on. So they was already like, oh, she's one of them. One of them. One of them. One of them. <laughs> mask wear. <laughs> well. You probably want to work there anyway. Yeah. They're gonna look at you a type of way for wearing. Yeah. After you already like, yeah, the pay was gonna be good, but then like, okay, what do you have to deal with with getting paid like that? Yeah. yeah. And was that a healthcare place? No. Oh. It was a mortgage place. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah. Well, okay. yeah. Who y'all who y'all landing to? <laughs> Not us. All right. <laughs> you know it was in Kennesaw too, so. Oh Lord. Say no more. That's all you had to say. <laughs> it's interesting navigating the workplace. I feel like for anybody, but definitely when you have Obviously, different. We all have different experiences, but it's just very interesting to see how people treat each other based off of race or gender or age. Especially when you're competent at doing your job, and they just discount you because of something that don't got nothing to do with your job quality. Yeah, or nothing you can change. Yeah, because I heard the saying said, "Don't." If you if the person can't change it in fifteen minutes, don't say it. Ooh, 
A word. And I try to keep that in my head too when I like, you know, like sometimes, you know, we as humans can be a little judgmental. And sometimes I'll be wanting, you know, point out things and I'm like, but can this person change that in 15 minutes? No, it's not a, a booger in their nose. No, they ain't got something in their teeth. So it's nothing they can change. <laughs> we get like that personally. <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like you're trying to be shady. <laughs> that was recently. So I'm sorry I had to say booger. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Sometimes it just be there. Okay. <laughs> Y'all are clowns. So we can't leave you guys hanging. We do want to give you some coping strategies that um, are also included in Tisha's thesis to share how you can care for yourself in the workplace. So this strategy set is abbreviated by Price. It's from Shanta Smith. She coined the phrase, which are the strategies that are essential to self-care. P is for, um, in the Price, is for personalized. So she's talking about personalize your self-care by incorporating routines and strategies that help you with um, will help you with it um, with work and um, composing a list of five plans that you enjoy. So that can like be like I like walking the dog. I don't know some people like walking their dog. They really have joys with that. Swimming, um, wine with my friends on Fridays, or. Watching, watching a documentary about watching a documentary kids. or journaling in the morning. So five things that I can incorporate in a day routine that's personalized just for me. That's written and it helps me in my self-care. Okay. I love that. I love that. I can do that. Girl, I'm I need to take these down. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna have to do this. Um, so the R in price is radicalization. And basically, this one is to make sure that you are making self-care a top priority each day. Keyword, each day. So that don't mean once a week. That don't mean <laughs> once a month. You take a day. That means every day you do something for you to take care of you out of those five that Tisha mentioned. Okay, so the I stands for intentionalize. And this basically means that you need to set aside a time intentionally that you can take care of yourself. So that means if you've got a crying baby in the background, I'm not going to tell you to neglect your child. Do not do that. Do not put that on me. But (laughs) maybe you do your self-care time during nap time. You're basically setting your schedule up and setting your day's agenda up to where you really can set aside that time to take care of yourself. Um, the C is for capitalizing. So you want to capitalize um, your self-care by doing multiple personal needs. Um, for example, a dance workout, which helps your mind, body, spirit, and soul. I love dance workouts. So when I get off of work and I do a dance workout, it helps everything. So make sure you capitalize on your strategy. So I don't know, you want to make the most of your self-care time. So Okay, so the E in price stands for energize, meaning that you bring along your friends and anybody else and encourage them also to join in with your self-care strategy. Maybe y'all can do something together or implement their own individual self-care strategy because at the end of the day, we got to take care of each other. 
Okay. We can't be running ourselves ragged with work, especially dealing with these things in the workplace. We got to take care of ourselves when we get home. And so that's you encouraging your home girl that she need to have a seat and relax. Mm-hmm. Then that's what it's going to be. So there's that. All right. All right. Her. <laughs> okay. We who gonna go first for highs and lows? Leah, you're talking, so go ahead. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I'll go first for highs and lows. Um, I'm gonna do my low first. I'm tired. I've yawned this entire podcast. That's my low. Okay. Once I get off of here. I really want to watch a TV show, but I'm probably going to get into bed. Okay. Um, And then my high is that I had my first really big event at my new job this week. And the client was extremely happy with how things went. So much so that she emailed my brand new director and told him that in her nine years of working in like the hospitality industry and planning events that she's never worked with anybody as nice and as great as me. And I, I said, wow, that is a lot. I was uncomfortable. I'm not going to lie, but I'm very glad that that was her experience with me. And I feel like it definitely set the tone of what <laughs> the people in my new job can expect working with me. Awesome. Let them know, sis. That girl. Hey. <laughs> but yeah, so that's my high. It was a very good week. It's just been a long week. So there you have it. Go ahead, Miss. Keisha? Moore. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Go ahead, Keisha. I nominate you. Okay. Uh so my high. Um, I started a new job. Um, it's a whole career change for me, (laughs) um, you know, but it's a real high because it's going to, it's teaching me things and it's getting me out of my comfort zone, which I love because, um, you know, in order to advance and move to the next level, you have to get out your comfort zone. And so that's where I'm at right now. Um, so I'm, I'm blessed to have a new job. Um, so that's, that's my high, my low. Oh my gosh, y'all. So I was so, um, what's the word? Focus, I guess, on my Taco Bell. Um, I even ate it in the car. Like, who, who eats Taco Bell? Anyways, so I want Taco Bell. I like Taco Bell. Okay, Me cool. too. Okay. I was about to but say, don't sleep I don't on Taco Bell. Taco Bell like that, but I was really craving it yesterday. And so I was so worried about Taco Bell, eating it in the car. And then I'm so focused on eating it when I got in the house. And I got in the house. I was like, where are my keys? Where were they? Locked in my car. I have an older car. So my car is not one of the smart cars that will let me know that my keys are in the car. So I had to call AAA to come over here and unlock my car in my garage. Oh my gosh. The man he called, he was like, I'm here. He's like, probably like, where's the car at? And I'm like, it's in the garage. Oh my you know? gosh. 
So yeah, so that was my low, locking my kids <laughs> in the car. But I'm glad that I was at home. Yeah. Um, I'm glad I got a smart house that I can unlock stuff from my phone. So yeah, they helped out. Well, how was the Taco Bell? Oh my god, it was so delicious. I'm sorry, I got mad <laughs> with that because it was so good. That's so funny. <laughs> so good. So it was worth my it. In soul, the end. It hit my soul, y'all. <laughs> I forgot about the keys, everything in the car. Let it go, Lord. <laughs> That's funny. All right, Morgan. Okay, my turn. Okay, so I guess my high is as of maybe like Two to three days ago, I received notice that I'll be, well, it's not like I received notice. I have decided, it's been decided with my department at work that I'll take a new position within my team department, but a different team. And I'm really excited about that because it aligns a little bit more with like my career goals. Um, But I get to stay at my same job and have the same department, which is really exciting because I like it. I don't want things to change, but so much. Yeah. Um, so I'm excited. That'll start in July. So as of right now, things are normal, but some change is coming. Um, so that's my high. Well, congratulations. Really yes. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I'm excited. I don't have much of a low. I also am tired this week, Leah. Um, but it's because Tisha and I, we're doing a no sugar challenge. And I like sugar. And so it's it's been challenging. I'm tired. Last week, um, I got a pizza and cheese sticks from a pizza place. <laughs> I ate the cheese sticks before I could get home. Um, so that wasn't my proudest moment. So maybe that's my low. Eating all the cheese sticks that I was going to save for like half of the day. <laughs> and then I wasn't hungry for my pizza. And so that was sad. But yeah. it's okay. It's not a real low, but... All right, girls. So that's all we have to chit chat about today. We hope that you are prospering in your careers, whatever it may be, wherever you are. And we hope that these tips and our conversations are something that will be helpful and that you can find relatable because you're not alone. You're not the only Black person, Black woman in the workplace. You definitely can feel that way. Um, But we're here to support you. So send us a DM, send us an email, let us know. Bye. Bye, ladies. Thanks for listening, but now we want to hear from you. Follow us on IG at the letter OK Girl Let's Talk and send us a message to let us know what you think about today's conversation and what we should talk about next. Until next time.